So good morning, everyone. Those who are watching online as well, we pray that you will soon make it back to church again. Amen. It's good to see so many of you here this morning. I want to welcome you to the house of the Lord. It's a good thing to come into God's house. Come on, amen. I was glad when they said unto me, come on, let us go. No, no, no. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Not just go to a church, but into it. Remember at that time when David said that, there was no temple. He was talking about the dwelling place of God. They let us go into where God is. Amen? So every time you come into service, you need to understand that you're walking into the presence of an awesome God. A God who loves you so much that he would allow his son to be sacrificed for our sins. What a good God he is. Amen. Amen. All right. Very important announcement once again. Calling all men. All right, I don't care what you call her at home, but calling all the real men. You are welcome. Men's luncheon at Benji's Cafe, date 17th September, and time 12.30 p.m. All right. Now, as I was sharing in the last service, I said, you know, this is a, we, we said it would be a year of restoration. And God is confirming his word. We are seeing restoration. A little at a time, but God is surely beginning to restore things that have been broken, things that have been stolen, amen? God will restore. And in the restoration process, God's going to restore many of your businesses. He's going to bless you above and beyond. I speak as the oracle of God. God has anointed me to speak a word to you. I'm not saying thus says the Lord, but I speak and believe that God will confirm the word from my mouth that you will be blessed in your going out and in your coming in. You will be blessed above and beyond what you, have, you could ever imagine God can and will do in your life. Amen. My purpose is to share with you principles from the Word of God so that your faith will rise because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And the more you hear the Word of God, you're going to grow uh, and, and uh, you know, allow God to establish you and give you the kind of abundance he would like to give you. Now, of course, you know, I also want to emphasize 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. That's not my text. Don't worry. It's just, just a little freebie. <laughs> I want to encourage you to make it a point to attend Bible study. Simply because the Lord did not say, go and make Christians. He said, go and make disciples. And the way you become a disciple is to pay attention to the teaching of God's Word. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit and is profitable. How many of you like to make profit? Some of you spend a lot of time, in fact, too much time at the gym because you do believe that exercise profits a little. But godliness with contentment is great gain. So, Exercise, you want to exercise because it profits you, okay? And so the Bible talks about all Scripture profits you. It is good for doctrine. It is good for reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness so that you can be complete. First thing, you will be a complete individual by paying attention to the Word. And secondly, you will be equipped for every good work. 
how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife, how to be a good son, how to be a good daughter, how to be a good businessman, how to be a good worker, a colleague to your friends, equipped for every good work. Come on, say amen. That's why you need the Word of God. If you're not reading it at home and studying the Word of God at home, then I pray that you will start at least get saved. Every saved believer will have a hunger for the Word of God. Come on. Oh, you're saying, why did I come this morning? I'm not here to, to just prep you up. I'm here to also instruct you in the Word of God. Listen, you must grow in the knowledge of God's Word. You must grow. Amen. Okay. All right. I, I said what I had to say. Let's dive into the Word of God this morning. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. Do we have the scripture up there? Okay. Everybody read this with me, please. I want you to read the Word so that at least if you have not read it at home, you get to hear yourself reading it. And you can say to the Lord, I read the Word. All right. Let's go. God has the power... To provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way, you will have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. Isn't that a powerful word? Wow, it's so positive. So positive power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. You will have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. I think that's a powerful verse. This morning I'd like to talk to you on the word enough. The word enough. Now, three just three little thoughts. The first thing we've got to say is I've had enough. And the word enough means as much as is necessary in the amount or to the degree needed, as much as or more than is wanted. And so we say, enough of this. Or enough, stop it. You've reached that limit. Stop, this is enough. And, and I think we need to come to a place where we've got to say, enough is enough. I've gone this far, but I realize that, you know, I'm not getting anywhere on in life. I, I, I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired or, or I've had enough of failing so many times and repeating that failure. I'm tired of not having enough. There was a time where this guy comes up. I'm tired of, of the enemy attacking or, or attacking me in so many areas of my life. I'm tired. I'm, I've had enough of this. Personally, I say, I've had enough, especially at this age. This is my personal view, not, not yours. Like Paul says, this is me speaking, not God. I've had enough of drama. How about you? Huh? I've had enough of, of you know, all this acting that's going on. I mean, see, to me, friendship is one of the most important things. Relationships, one of the most important things in my life. Whether it's a relationship with my family, my, you know, and friends. 
I thrive on that. I live on relationships. Relationships that I feel God has brought me into. So whenever there's someone who is brought into my life and a relationship has started to develop, I commit myself totally. But I cannot understand how some people can commit themselves for umpteen years and break it off overnight. Do you know how difficult it is to build a relationship? Come on. You know, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? It takes a long time to establish a relationship. Now, don't for every little thing, you know, sometimes for the slight, and sometimes you don't even know why people break off a relationship. And that, to me, enough lah. That cukup dah, cukup dah. Come on. Pastor, are you viewing your, you know, just voicing your frustrations? Yes, I am. Because I think when we come to being believers, when we say we are committed to one another, the Bible talks about having unity in the spirit. If we are united in the spirit of God, if we are people of the living God, when we commit ourselves to one another, that commitment must be sealed. Come what may... Does this mean that everything is going to be fine? We are going to be best friends and laughing all No, we will hurt one another and faithful are the wounds of a friend. We will say things to one another that may cause hurt, maybe unintentionally, but sometimes we have to say things to hurt in order to bring healing. Come on. If you are talking to me and you have a piece of vegetable stuck in your tooth, I will have to tell you. I will not sit there and just be polite. Hey, don't say anything, otherwise offend them. Otherwise they feel so embarrassed. No, 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 I have to tell you, excuse me. There's a piece of vegetable in you. If you are my buddy, I'll say to you, brother, I think it's about time you had a nose trim. Some of you don't like what I'm saying. But listen, man, enough is enough. If we say we're going to commit ourselves as people of the living God to one another, we've got to commit ourselves to one another. More so in marriages. The word divorce should not be found in the vocabulary of a believer. Think about your parents. Some of them live together. They never talk to each other. They wallop each other. Come on. Okay, okay, I'm not talking about your parents. Not mine either. Oh yeah, mine once. <laughs> but, but the point is, no, I'm, I'm just saying, yet they stick together. And they were unbelievers. And believers, you know, like I mean, divorce, separate. Come on, man, let's get real. Enough. We better start putting our money where our mouth is, starting to be believers, not just serve God with our lips, but let the word of God you know, dwell in us richly Amen. and practice the word. Amen. So he comes to the battlefield and outside there he hears this voice challenging the people of Israel. Send out one of your best. Fight with me. The man's name is Goliath. The little boy's name is David. A young person's name is David. He comes and he hears this and he goes to the rest of the people of Israel and he goes, Hey, how long has this been going on? Every day, man. Morning he comes out, he challenges. Evening he comes out. How many days already? 40 days. And nobody is saying, this is enough. 
They just allow it to continue. Attack after attack after attack. Oh, you know, we all live in this world. We're all human beings, therefore, you know. No, 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 no. There comes a time where we've got to say enough is enough. You come to me with all your great words and, and your weapons and you threaten me with the size and everything else. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. We've got God on our side. Come on, say. But enough. David said, hey, this is enough. This has gone long enough. I'm going to take up this challenge. You've got to stop it right now. Goliath says, what, you think you can fight me? You know, I'm so big and you are just like a little dog. You know, you want to come out with me with sticks. You think I'm a dog? He doesn't listen to all of those things. He just says, man, enough. You have been challenging us long enough. Our church has been challenged for umpteen years, again and again. Every other day, they will come and give us a summons for nothing. No cars parked in our compound. They come and give us for parking too many cars. Nothing. Just to want to threaten. We'll take you to court. We'll take We've got a file, a whole file about it. You guys know about it. Never answered to one of the summonses. Never paid one cent. Enough is enough. We'll fight you on our knees. But we'll keep fighting. We will not take these threats. Come on. Huh? Why don't you go outside of Shalom and worship? Why can't we worship in Shalom? God gave us instructions. We must be a church in Shalom. So we continue. We will not give in. We will fight and fight and fight until they stop it. Can I hear any man? This is not just, you know, trying to talk big kind of thing. We did it, man. You as a church united your hearts together and we did it. We put a stop. We said enough is enough. And now we have a church. Now you need to get to, to a place where you've got to say, I've had enough of this. Enough of whatever you're going through. All the tension, all the frustrations, all the failures. Amen? All the financial difficulties that you are facing. Listen, we have a God who provides. He said he will provide. Why do we go uh, lacking when we say, God, Jesus, you are my good shepherd. I will lack nothing. If that is true, friends, if the word is true, I will lack nothing. I've had enough of having nothing. We should have more than enough. Come on, amen. All right. The second thing is it's not enough. It's not enough. And when I talk about this, I'm not saying I don't have enough money. You know, I, it's not enough. I need more money and more money kind of thing. I'm talking about it's not enough just to be, to have enough kind of thing. Because God always has abundance in store. One of the messages I'd like to share with you is how to move from fruitfulness to abundance. The reason I can share that with you is because we are enjoying abundance. We've had fruitfulness, but now we want to have abundance. And how do we move that there's a big difference between being fruitful and having abundance? And that's the plan of God for our lives. But you know, in... in uh, First Chronicles chapter 4, I preach this extensively on the man called Jabez. There are about five messages that I did at one time on the prayer of Jabez. What was his prayer? All that you would bless me indeed. 
right? Fruitfulness. Bless me. But that you would extend my border. Abundance. Bless me is fruitfulness. So that, you know, I, I would do well in life. We'll be healthy. We'll be strong. We, we can show. But abundance goes, but I'm not, it's not enough just to be blessed and be fruitful. God has a bigger plan for us. That when I come to give you life, I don't just come to give you life, but to give you life more abundantly. So it's not enough just to stand there. There was this guy by the name of Elisha. He starts to serve his master called Elijah. And so he comes and, and he's serving. He, actually, it means to wash the feet of the master. He was a servant to Elijah. And soon, Elijah said, all right, God wants to take me. He, he wants me to go to a certain place. So, Elisha, you stay here with all the rest of the prophets. You are just a farm boy, and you are going to be a prophet now. So, you stay here with the school of the prophets in a place called Bethel. I'm going to go on. But Elisha says, no, 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 no. It's not enough just to stay in this place. I want more. It's not enough for me to just settle down and stay here because I know that there's got to be more. And so he goes on, and then from Bethel, they move on to a place called Jericho. And at Jericho, again, he says, here's a school of prophets. Listen, these guys are much better than the earlier school. Stay with them. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to just be with, with these guys. There has to be more in this whole prophetic thing. So I'm going to go on with you. So from Bethel, they move to Jericho. From Jericho, they move on to Jordan. And one more time, prophets say, listen, man, this is the best school. Jordan is the best school. Stay here. This is the best. This is what he says. He says, I will not let you go. You know, I'm not going to let you go. I want a double portion of what you have. I want a double portion of the anointing. I want a double portion. It's just like saying to me, I have a bottle of Coca-Cola and you ask me for two. How can I give you two when I've got only one? Hello? You ever thought about that? <laughs> We say, oh, he's asking for double portion. He cannot give something that he does not have. It is not possible. Elisha is asking for the impossible. I want something, and I know you have the power to bring that something into my life. I want double. I want double. And he says, what you have asked me is a hard thing. You're asking something very difficult. Oh, I pray to God that every one of us this morning will ask for something difficult. Why do we limit God to what man can do? Why don't we ask God for the impossible? Talking about our church, the whole issue of our church. Every pastor that I spoke to, every Christian leader who is in well, uh, big, some big shot out there we spoke to. Everyone said, Pastor David, you will never build a church in Shah Alam because of. Move out. Even offer a piece of land. Build outside in Klang. But when God gives a mandate, He wants you to believe for the impossible. So when we did get the land and we start to build, people say, oh, yo, who you know? You know anybody inside? I say, no, I don't know anybody inside. I know somebody outside. <laughs> it, it, is, 
it is not who you know in this sense, but it is who you really know. And when you know Him, and you believe that we have a God of the impossibilities, then say, this is not enough. God, I want more. Come on, can I hear an amen? God Himself says, He wants to give us more. Ephesians 3.20, my favorite scripture, that God is able to do, is able to do things for us, but then we talk about abundance, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or so is your asking big and is your imagination big it has nothing to do with, with how big you are as a Christian see we, we measure we begin to think oh they, they can they are pastors or, or they are great men of faith no 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 it takes a little faith in a great God to accomplish things doesn't take great faith. It takes a little faith. Jesus said, if you have faith as of a mustard seed. The mustard seed that we see here, we say this is the mustard seed. You go to Israel, they show you the different kind of mustard seed Jesus was talking about. It's like just like dust. It is so tiny. That's the kind of mustard seed Jesus was talking. They even sell it. This is the mustard seed, they tell you. It's tiny. You, ju you just hold it in your hand and, and you look at it, your breath will just blow it away. It's so tiny. He says, if you can just believe in the greatness of your God, all things are possible. Amen. So God says to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. Come on. It's not like, I will bless you, Abraham. Oh, thank you, Lord. That's enough. That's how I would have acted. That's enough. But God goes on. I will make your name great. I will make you a great person in the nations. Amen? You will be a blessing to the nations. Listen, God doesn't stop there. He goes on in chapter 22, chapter 12, that one. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars and of the sand. They will take possession of nations. And through your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. I mean, talk about abundance. Talk about God himself has got more than what we actually desire. Don't limit God. The sin of Israel, if you read the book of Psalms, he tells us their sin was they limited the Holy One of Israel. There was so much that he wanted to do. I'll talk about that in one of the sessions. But they limited him. Let's go to the last one. He is more than enough. That's our confession number three. He is more than enough. That's what we're saying. Jesus is more than enough. So he talks to the woman at the well and he goes, If you knew the gift of God, John chapter 4, 10, and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Going down, verse 13 through 15. Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty and I don't have to come back and draw water again. In other words, I will be, I will satisfy you. You will never thirst again. Huh? We're feeding on the living bread we used to sing and drinking at the fountainhead. And whoso drinketh, Jesus said, shall never, never thirst again. 
Then they will sing that song, you know, in the hymn, What Never Thirst Again? No, Never Thirst Again. What Never Thirst Again? No, Never Thirst Again. And whoso drinketh, Jesus said, shall never, never thirst again. I think of Israel now as they are leaving Egypt. They are given the Passover. This morning is communion, so I want to talk about the Passover. They are given the Passover. But today, Paul writes to the church and he says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Four things to just bring to your attention. What did it mean when he talked about the Passover? Four things happened. The first thing is, he is our compassionate Savior. In other words, God really loved them so much. Let me, let me just show you how. In Exodus, towards the end of chapter 2, it says that the people cried and they sighed because of their great bondage. Nowhere does it say that they cried and they sighed to God. It just said that they cried. Remember, by this time, they didn't know God. Moses had to come and tell them who God was. Who do I say? Send me, God. Tell them I am. 430 years now, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was no longer in existence in their thinking. So they didn't cry out to God. They just cried because of their bondage. The whippings and the beatings and, and, and the slavery that they were in. Enough is enough. So God from heaven said, enough is enough. 400 years of crying and pleading. So God sends somebody to deliver them. Amen. He is our compassionate Savior. Say amen. We could not in any way, mankind has completely, that's a fact, forgotten God. The name of Jesus is used to cuss. They don't know who God is. But is God still compassionate on, on them? Sure he is. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That includes your loved ones, your friends. God loves them. Oh, but they curse, they swear against, they use the name of God in vain. doesn't matter. He still loves them. God so loved the world. Not during the time of Jesus, but God so loved the world, past, present, and future. That he gave his son as a redemption for all of mankind. He is not only our compassionate Savior, He is our mighty shelter. In the Passover, Exodus 12, verse 13, the blood on the house where you are staying will be a distinguishing mark for you. Everybody, is that up there? All right, read that one. When I see, read it with me, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Then it goes on. No plague will be among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So, when I see the blood, the power of the blood is to draw the presence of God. I will pass over you. It's not when I come and then I see the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel, I will skip by you, pass by you, so that, you know, then I'll carry on destroying people. That's not what he says. The correct word is, when I come, I will encamp around about you so that when the destroyer comes, he cannot come and touch you. 
The word Passover is to cover, not to skip over, but to cover you completely. I will become your shelter. That's why Psalm 91 is actually a Psalm of Moses. Those who abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Huh? Thousands shall fall on your right side, ten thousand on your left. Arrow by noonday or, or by night, whatever comes by your way, you will be sheltered by my presence. So the Passover, Jesus, our Passover, the blood of the Lamb, which we apply upon us, we say, Lord, thank you for the blood that you, you have shed to cleanse me of all my sin. When I see the blood, I will come. I will be your mighty shelter. He is also our all-sufficiency. Not only was the blood shed, the lamb was cut into pieces, completely burnt, and they had to eat all of it. That would be the last meal that they would eat, the only meal to be eaten before their complete deliverance. All of the lamb. Can I hear an amen? That will be the last meal you will have and it will be sufficient for you as you leave this place. Now I want you to understand they were all slaves. They never had lamb curry, you know. Never had lamb. This was the first time a lamb was going to be slain and now they could offer lamb. They were slaves. They didn't have proper food to eat. So now they were going to have lamb and they had to consume every part of the lamb. See, this is, what, this is what I'm saying. You cannot pick and choose what you want about Christianity. I like this part. This part is nice. That part message, uh, that part message, I like. This kind of message, I don't like. Cannot lie. You must take all of the gospel. Assemblies of God is called all of the gospel church. All of the gospel. Not here I like, that one I don't like. This one I take. That one I don't like to listen. This one I like. Christian, listening now. Right, all of the gospel, amen. The last thing is, he is our total source. In Psalm 105 and verse 7, he brought his people safely out of Egypt, loaded with silver and gold. There was no sick or feeble folk among them then. How did they come out of Egypt? First of all, out of their house. The moment they walked out of their house, they were walking out from under the blood, doppos and lintel. And when they walked out of the house, they came out rich and strong. There was not one weak or sick person among them who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your disease. He is our total source of everything. Deuteronomy 7.15, The Lord will take away from you all sicknesses and none of the evil diseases of Egypt which you knew. Whatever diseases you saw in the other land, don't worry about it. It will not come upon you. I will be your total source. Amen. No wonder David said again and again, twice he repeats this in Psalm 130 and verse 6. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who wait, more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. Twice he says that. My soul waits for the Lord more than those, you know, like I shared last week. If you're going through a very difficult time, you're waiting for morning to come. The night is a long night. 
You've got lots of anxiety. You're sick in your body. You're thinking, oh, yo, oh, yo, 2 a.m., when morning going to come? You got a fever, you get up, oh my goodness, it seems like it's so long. The wait for the morning is so long. And they long, he's talking about people who are longing for the morning, especially when they're in such trouble, in such turmoil. Oh man, when will morning come? He says, my soul waits for you more than those who watch, watch for the morning. They're watching, they're waiting for the sun to come up. But you guys who wait on the Lord, David said, I'm going to be waiting on the Lord rather than waiting for the morning sun. So, I pray that you would come to a place where you will say, I've had enough. Then you move on to say, Lord, this is not enough. I know you've got greater things in store for me, greater things in store for my family, greater things in store for my children, for the business that I'm involved in. God, I know this is not enough. There has to be more than this. There must be more than this. Come on. Amen. There must be more than this. And you can always end up by saying, Lord, I thank you. You are more than enough for me. Worship team, come on up. We're going to get ready to worship the Lord.